the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When was the last time you approached your job working for the employer as if that employer was Jesus himself? That is what we're looking at here today on Abounding Grace, a Christian's call and his work. calling that you and I have as believers in Christ is a calling that rises above what normal people regularly do when it comes to work. It's a nine-to-five punch-in and punch-out. But for us as believers in Christ, we have a different calling. We are to work as if we were working directly for the Lord. We're in Colossians chapter 3, verses 22 through chapter 4 and verse 1. A Christian's calling and his work, part 1. Join us for today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. Here's Pastor Gary Wagner. Can you imagine how different life would be if every one of us saw where we are, what we are doing, who we are living with, all of the relationships in this life as assignments? Not just that happen to fall into our lives, but we're deliberately, self-consciously, and wisely placed in our lives by a loving God. Our callings are our assignments from God, beloved. Now look at verse 18. Was any man called according to circumcised? According to circumcision, let him not become uncircumcised. Has anyone been called in uncircumcision? Let him not be circumcised. In other words, our calling gives us social station. There are two things that defined us according to God's word. The first two things that God said about man and woman is that they are made in his image and they are given the task of dominion. Image and dominion are the two things that define each and every one of us. Your work and your character, and they give you a place and station in your life. Once you have entered your calling, you must not then rashly withdraw from it because of external circumstances. I don't like my boss. I'm not getting paid as much as I want to get paid. Beloved, don't let external circumstances cause you to make precipitous, quick decisions to leave your callings where God has assigned you. Our callings give us a sense of social station that makes the priorities and distinctions of the world irrelevant and obsolete. I say this to you young men as you are looking for your calling in life. If your primary concern is how much money 
that you're going to get, you're going to miss out. The very first thing should be, what is my calling? What is that set of gifts and talents that God has given me? What is the assignment that I may be best suited for to be most effective in the kingdom of heaven? And then you go out and you get it. And then how much you make shouldn't be that big of a concern. For scripture says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. You say, well, if I think like that, I may not even have all the other things that everybody else and all of my buddies and my associates have. So what? The greatest thing in all of life is not having all kinds of wealth and things. I know wealthy people who have committed suicide or are on tranquilizers. And I'm sure most of you do as well. The greatest satisfaction in life is being faithful in your assignment and doing what God has told you to do. And you don't worry about how little or how much you make in the process. Look at verse 19. Circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing, but what matters is the keeping of the commandments of God. Period. How can anyone make a mistake on that? How in the world can you get the idea that once you become a Christian, you don't have to be concerned with the commandments of God? All you have to do is just lay back and let the Holy Spirit lead you. So what can you get out of a verse like this? It is simple. The most important thing about life, the reason you work hard, the reason you carry out your assignment is because you want to live in obedience to God's demands and not to the demands of the society in which you live. That is all that matters to the Christian all these other things are just frills and extras. What is it that the Christian loves above all else? It is to obey the commandments of his Lord and Savior. This is the important thing. Why is he a hard worker? He is obeying God. Why does he see his life an assignment and is more concerned about his calling in life and what God wants him to do with his life rather than what would give him the most money and the most prestige and the most ease and affluence? It is because he wants to obey the commandments of God above everything else. And if you don't want to obey the commandments of God... It is just as simple as you are not a Christian. Now, some of us obey well. But if you don't want to obey the commandments, I don't care what you call yourself. I don't care how sincere you think you are. You are not a Christian because a Christian wants to keep the commandments of God. That is the most important thing. Not the demands of society. 
not what you think is best. Now look at verses 20 through 23. Let each each man remain in that condition in which he was called. Were you called as a slave? Don't worry about it. But if you are able also to become free, rather do that. But he who was called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freed man. Likewise, he who is called while free is Christ's slave. You were bought with a price. Do not become the slaves of men. In other words, our calling from God has made us Christians. And it has changed the way we look at everything. You don't look at anything the way the unbeliever looks at it. Nothing. Not a tree. Not a car, not your spouse, not dishwashing, not changing diapers, not doing homework, not waiting on customers. You don't look at any of these things the way the non-believer looks at them. Everything has been changed for you, including the way you look at your chores, your job, your responsibilities. And all of these words don't have a positive connotation in our culture. Or in many of us who are Christians, if we are honest, words like job, chores, duties, responsibilities. You are to look at your chores and your duties and your jobs as your God-ordained calling. Ladies, do you see housework as an opportunity to obey God? Or do you see it as a menial chore? <clears throat> Men, do you see yard work as an opportunity to obey God and take dominion? Or do you just see it as a sweaty chore? We now see that the ultimate objective of our lives and our callings and our work are a way to bring glory to God and not for our own benefit or for our comfort. If God has given us an assignment, there are certain duties and chores and jobs that go with the fulfilling of that assignment. And we are to do every, every and we are every one of us uh, to do them in a way that God will be pleased with us. And that he will be glorified. I mean, think just a minute. If a Roman slave in the first century could have been a, uh, uh, in the first century could have been a person's calling from God, how much more is the job you presently occupy a calling from God? Or how about the assignment you as a hu- uh, that he gave you as a husband? The assignment your parents gave you? The assignment your employer gave you? These, beloved, are all gifts of God's providence. These are the things God in his wisdom distributed to you to carry out the calling he has placed on your life. Therefore, we can be Christ-like in whatever situation God calls us to. Because God's calling of us also sanctifies the setting in which he calls us. Let me say that again, because people a lot of times think that when they have problems, 
The solution is just change the environment. I have a miserable life, so I just better go out and find another job. I'll just change jobs. Change husbands. We can be Christians in whatever situation God calls us because Christ's calling of us also sanctifies the setting in which he calls us. He makes everything about that setting work together for good for those who love God. But someone says, yeah, but I've got this boss who, he he doesn't appreciate me. He's he's just overbearing. He, He gives me more work than I can stand. And of course, he doesn't pay me accordingly. I have a husband who's just so tyrannical. If only you knew, beloved. How many times in counseling I and other pastors have had to say to husbands or to wives, that man, that woman that God gave to you, he gave him to you. Of all of the men and women in the world that you could have had, God thought that woman, with all of her strengths and weaknesses, her sins and her virtues, is the woman you need to be the man God called you to be. And vice versa. Versa, when you have your perspective changed by the word of God, you can put up with a lot of things. Then notice in verses 22 and 23. For he who was called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freed man. Likewise, he who was called while free is Christ's slave. You were bought with a price. Do not become slaves of men. In other words, because Christ has called us to serve him in the places that he has assigned us, we must never complain about our lot in this life. Although we may want to improve conditions, we are still always going to be content with our lot in life because that is the assignment that God himself has given us. That is where God has placed us. So see yourself as someone who has been called by Christ and nothing about your life will be unbearable. Have you ever said, I just can't take this anymore. I'm going to leave him. I mean, this is just too much pressure. I'm going to quit my job. Now, you've got to be careful about thinking as if you weren't a Christian. If the Lord Jesus Christ has bought you and claimed you and called you his disciple and given you assignments and sanctified the context in which you are to work so that everything works together for good to those who love God, as long as you are trusting in him, there is nothing in your life you cannot stand. There is nothing in your life that is unbearable. There is no weight that is too heavy. What does 1 Corinthians 10, 13 say? There is no temptation taken you, but what is common to man. And with every temptation, God is faithful. He has found a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So if Christ calls you to a particular place or a particular relationship and you are depending upon him 
There is nothing about that relationship you cannot stand under his power. Yeah, but preacher, I'm a Roman slave. Yeah, but you are Christ's freed man. Well, preacher, I'm not a slave. Yeah, but you are Christ's slave. You've been purchased by Christ. And you do not belong to yourself. You belong to him. And as far as is in you, don't be a slave to anyone else, including your own ungodly desires. Look at verse 24. And write this on your conscience. Brethren, let each man remain with God in that condition in which he was called. One of the reasons I believe we have such weak churches in the world today in most of them, preachers only stay for four or five years and they move on. So as a result, there's no stability. There's no continuity. You know, when Charles Spurgeon came to a pastor a, a, a church in the 1800s, he came to a church that had been in existence for 100 years. And it had never been without a pastor. And it only had. Three pastors in a hundred years. Brother pastors, how many churches have you pastored in your life? Brother businessmen, how many jobs have you had in your life? Brethren, let each man remain with God in that condition in which he was called. Now remember, that doesn't mean you can't improve yourself. He says, if you were a slave, don't worry about it. But if you can get out of your slavery, do it as long as there is contentment with the word of God. In other words, seek your calling as the place in which you are to stand as a sentry, not just to come and go. Ephesians 6.10 says, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to resist in the day of evil and having done everything to stand firm. The picture there is a sentry at his post. Don't leave your post. If you leave your post, the city is at risk. Men, don't leave your post. You are a sentry. You've been assigned a position. If you are not vigilant in that position and at that point, post things that you are responsible to guard will fall apart if you change your job make sure your reason for changing your job will hold up on judgment day stay in your position no matter how ferocious the enemy stay in your position and die if you have to where you have been assigned to stand now I know some of you are asking, what is wrong with trying to better yourself? Nothing. As long as it is not done self-centered. And just so you might achieve a better status or a fatter pocketbook. Again, there's nothing wrong with earning more money. But not so you can accumulate just more things. It should be so that you have the funds to help others and to tithe more. That is having your mind set on the things above. 
Once you have set these priorities and you have money left over for a new car or a nice vacation, that's great. And whenever you're looking for a better job, you must consider, will this limit my time with the family? If it will hinder your time for family worship, play time with the kids and quality time with your life, scratch it off the list. And whatever job you do undertake, do it to the best of your ability so that our glorious God will be even glorified more and pleased because remember, no matter who you work for, ultimately, you are working for God. And as you're standing there, you may be watching other people have easier, safer places to stand. You see other people just bailing out. You see other people have better jobs, more comfortable jobs. Learn to be content with your assignment, your post. Be grateful for it. Work hard at it. For it was given to you by your Lord and Savior. So be able to say with Paul in Philippians 4.1, I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am in. I know how to get along with humble means. I also know how to live in prosperity. In every and any circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and of going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, what is that secret Paul was talking about? Do you know the secret of contentment? The secret is Christ and his calling for you. You have been called out of darkness into light. So see your various responsibilities and relationships as calling from the one that saved you. It makes everything different. If you remember a few weeks ago, I put a quote in the bulletin from Charles Spurgeon where he said, I have heard of some good old woman in a cottage who had nothing but a piece of bread and a little water. Lifting up her hands, she said as an offering, What? All this? And Christ too? Is this your attitude, beloved, with the calling in your life and where God has placed you? If not, cry out to him. Give him a heart that is content with your assignment, for it is from his hand that it, was, that it has been bestowed on you for your good. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven. We are so thankful that our callings in life are not just happenstance, but they are your assignments for our lives. You and you alone know what is best for us. Oh, help us to be faithful to you in these callings so that you are glorified. Help us not to have the worldly attitude of, oh, if I just had a better job, or if my spouse was just more considerate, my life would be so much better. But give us hearts of contentment and joy, knowing that you do all things for the good of those who love you. 
May we be faithful in all things. For Jesus' sake, amen. And that'll bring us to the end of our time today here on Abounding Grace with our teacher and pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Thank you for joining us today. It's our hope and prayer that we've been able to encourage you in Christ and stimulate your walk in him. To address questions, comments, prayer requests, or concerns, please call or write to us. We'd love to talk with you. 408-866-5607 is our phone number, 408 408- Eight six six five six zero seven. You're also welcome to visit our website. Drop us an email when you do, reformedheritage.org. Real simple, reformedheritage.org. A lot of information there about who we are. We would invite you again to stop by, reformedheritage.org. Or if you're writing to us, the address is PMB, post mailbox, 402 And the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, 95032. That address can be found on our website, reformedheritage.org, or again, simply call 408-866-5607. Copies of today's program are just $5. Mention today's date, and we'll get a CD out to you. And please remember that we are listener-supported which means when you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this station. It's a great way to study God's Word together, isn't it? And we'd love to continue to do so. Would you prayerfully consider how God might be leading you to partner with us? We'd love to hear from you. Again, won't you call 408-866-5607 or reformedheritage.org. Sunday services, by the way, if you'd like to join us, are 2 in the afternoon. We're located at Lone Hill Church, 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org. Again, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. Further information can be found, again, at reformedheritage.org or by calling 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, God bless. Thank you.